joining us. And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torresani. Karina Dawn, welcome to Emotional Support. This is so fun. I've seen you twice in a week now, um, over I a couple know. days, because I was on your incredible podcast, The Big Silence, which yes. is so much fun, and I just had a blast. And I know I said this off air, but I just want to say it on air again. Um, everyone, go check out The Big Silence. I had so much fun on this podcast, and it's really hard to have fun on a mental health podcast because the topic is serious and you don't want to make fun of, you know, your own mental health and mental illness, but sometimes you have to bring laughter and light to it because when it's super heavy, it can be just super heavy and, you know, I, it's, it's a lot to deal with. So we're going to have another really fun episode and, of course, it's going to be great because you're here and i now I get to flip the switch on you and ask you all these yes. questions. <laughs> um, but first and foremost, I want to get into, you know, I'm a new mom and something that was really, um, I think, scary for me. There were a lot of things, obviously, being scary, being a new mom. But I actually had to get off my uh, bipolar medication uh, before I got pregnant. Um, there has been, you know, people that have talked about it and said, you didn't have to get off. Some people did. You know, I, I listened mm -hmm. to my doctors at the time and I listened to my body and what I felt was the the best. Um, that being said, I was scared shitless um, the entire <laughs> pregnancy and I continue to be uh, because it's always that moment of, but what if, or not even what if, when will that manic episode happen, right? Because I live with bipolar one disorder, it's inevitable. Um, and it's just about being cautious and being aware. But I, I worry, you know, am I overthinking things? Am I putting too much stress on the mental health where my daughter is going to see this and be concerned and be like, oh my gosh, you know, what's wrong with mom? Is she okay? You know, am I taking too many precautions? Someone like you, you were raised by a mother who had, correct me, it was schizophrenia, but there was a, it's a specific kind, correct? Um, paranoid schizophrenia and she had depression. And depression. Did you, you know, I, I have an idea of when you were really young that your mother, you know, had this illness or was it something that you discovered later in life? And, you know, can you kind of explain from the daughter point of view what that was yeah. like? Uh, well, first off, I want to point out that you being a new mom and openly talking about it is something that we didn't talk about in our house. Mm. It was something very taboo. So already, I feel like you have this open conversation. And when your child is old enough, you can actually explain it when, you know, or when you're right. ready, it's all on your own terms. But the fact that you're already putting it out there, you're normalizing the conversation um, for me and my household. I grew up in Indiana and things started to shift. There's always like some behavioral things, a lot of emotional outbursts and such. Um, but I would say around 10 years old or 11, that's when it started getting really peculiar. And, mm. you know, it's, it's different with schizophrenia and paranoid schizophrenia. It's like my mom was an artist and a social worker, but all of a sudden she was burning all of her art, tearing it off the the walls. Wow. 
Um, wow. I would no longer be able to wear anything with a graven image. So like a flower or a happy face on my chest. Um, wow. So if we had to throw away all of our clothes, she would take dollar bills and money and like cross out the faces. But my dad, you know, he's kind of experiencing this at the same time. I wasn't allowed to watch TV, listen to music, nothing. And, and is this like how you were raised in general from your parents or this was because of your mother? My mother. Right. Okay. And yeah, it was my mother when she started going through her psychosis right. and, and, and having an episode. And, um, you know, she became, she, I was, she was very close with me. My sister, who's our executive director for the foundation, um, had a very different relationship and her story would be so different than mine. Wow. And my mom came to me for everything. And basically in her delusions, she thought my dad was part of the Antichrist and they had this whole plan and it was just a whole thing. So, but I was like, when you're that young, I was like, okay, mom, this is normal. Right. I was like, this right. is, it's not happening in my friends' homes, but I didn't know anything else because I was my mother's like confidant. She always came to me and, you know, I was the girl that she picked up from school and went and got apple fritters at the bakery with and sat down and and it must have almost felt so nice to be the one that's like I'm the one that mom chose almost like as a confidant like I'm yeah. her best friend like this is this is my job you know which is a lot of pressure for 10 year old on top of it I think yeah and you know I I normalized it and I I actually when I look back now and I sit and have conversations with my sister and we're like was that real or was that not real? Right. And then right. even now that I'm 41, when my sister is two years old and we're like looking back on our childhood, we're like, I just realized that didn't really happen. That wasn't really true. So it's just so interesting. That's why it's taken this many years to undo of course. trauma. Uh, was your dad aware of your mom, you know, kind of confiding in you about these delusions? You know, was he aware and protective of you or... Did he not know how to deal with it? I mean, I wouldn't know what to even do. Yeah, you know, remember, my dad is also at this point. They were married 25 years until she left for good. Wow. Um, so my dad was also struggling with mm. his own story. Sure. So my sister had her own, and then I had my own. But nobody was talking, you wow. know. Nobody was really talking until, you know, after she disappeared and was a missing persons and was in a hospital. And that was... um you know, she, that was when she had her diagnosis. And cause once the doctors, as she, she was found in a, a ditch, um, had, you know, took not left all of her, her ID, her money, everything at home. And, um, well, actually this is the maybe second or third time it's all in my book, the timelines I always have to work on, but, right. um, you know, finally she ended up in the hospital in a mental ward and they started giving her medication and she finally was like, oh, I do have a family. This wow. Is my name. And wow. at the time, she was the uh, longest Jane Doe that they had ever had there. How long was she um, unaware, like, unaware of who she was or who, how anyone could find who she was? Like, how did they even? It was a few months. Wow. Wow. And yeah. how long, how old were you at this point when this happened? Oh, gosh. I... Uh, probably 12 12, 12 so 13. do you have yeah. like I know we all have memories of when we were kids but I mean I know for me I've blocked so much out with so much mm -hmm. pain do you mm -hmm. do you block a lot out yeah 
I have a really good memory, but then it's, of course, my sister, who was two years older than me, reminds me. She's like, remember this and remember that. So actually, it was really good because you do block when you're in trauma. You block a lot of it out. So even when writing my memoir, I, I called my dad and my sister. I'm like, can you fill in this blank? Um, That's so like, nice. Wow. So you go to a, a, see your mom in the mental hospital, and they're like, her diagnosis is schizophrenia. I'm like, huh? Right. Like, what is that? But there was no one educating. No. And no. so I figured out how to spell it first. And then I went to Which the is library. A and, yeah. <laughs> I still don't know how to spell it. <laughs> I'm like, man. Yeah, you write um, those down. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I went to the library and got books out to educate myself. Wow. And you were so young and were you almost, you know, there's a lot of people like I know for me, when I, when I figured out my diagnosis, there was a sense of relief. Cause I finally knew like, wow, this is what the problem was. How was that for you in regards to your mom? Because it's not your own personal diagnosis, but it is your own personal, you know, story and your own diagnosis in a way, you know, because it's affected your entire life and your entire family. My reaction was shame, embarrassment, because I didn't think anyone would understand what was going on in right. the walls of our home. Right. And so I wasn't sharing anything with my friends. I was initially, I would say, like, if it was a delusion that my mom told me, like, the world's about to end. And so um, someone on CNN is this person that's really under, on this. Like, I would tell my friends this stuff and they're like, what? Yeah. I think a few friends were like, their parents are like, stay away from that. Wow. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, right. And that's, that, that happens a lot to a lot of people. Like I, I, yeah. 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 And it's, and it's yeah. sad and it's lonely. Yeah. And that's where, you know, mom was in and out of the house and there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of chaos. And I think again, no one was talking about it where I respect you. You're like, I have this diagnosis. Oh, I can give it a name. Right. I can move forward. I can work with this. I'm, you know, I'm okay. I'm not alone. But I always imagined too, growing up, how many of my friends kept those secrets in their house? Oh, uh, I mean, when so many, I mean, so many, and you know what, not even just, I mean, think of all the kids that, that, I mean, and I'm sure that there were way more than you even could even imagine who dealt with abuse, you know, that kept mm -hmm. that a quiet, that dealt with, you know, mental illness, that dealt with physical illness. I mean, their secrets were just kept in families. Like, that's just what it was. And especially, I feel like our generation was probably the last generation of the, like, quiet families. You know, now it seems to be a little bit more open. Um, but yeah. not always the case, you know, still not always the case. Um, and I think yeah. that it's it's really um, scary. But I think what's really inspiring what you've done is being able to now be a voice for the voiceless of your mother of being able to mm -hmm. share this. And also I, I give just so much love and respect to you. I interviewed another wonderful girl who wrote a memoir um, uh, and her story is about her mother who was schizophrenic as well. And she shares her story and it's, it, I'm sure it's very similar to yours, but also very different because each story is quite unique. Um, but I remember it was when I was interviewing her, I had just given birth like a couple weeks after. And I just was like, 
I was learning so much from her from being the daughter. And I'm learning so yeah. much from you being the daughter. And there's so many people that are listening, like what that's like to have a young person be exposed to this and what it does and what amazing things you have done with your story and with your mom's story. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I tried to, my mother knew her diagnosis, but she didn't want to share it because of the stigma. She's like, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. My mother was not violent. I mean, emotionally there was some, a lot there, but, and, and verbally, but that's okay. And so when I started working with NAMI and being on the board of advisors and she found out like, she was not happy with me. Really? She was in, in denial. She's like, I am not sick. I am not sick. Um, and she's like, that's gone. And I would try to talk to her about it because I was doing the family to family course and two uh, women who had a mental illness were speaking. And that was what they found healing is to share their story. Mm-hmm. And I asked my mom, I said, hey, would you ever publicly want to share your story? Because I feel like by you getting it out, number one, it's healing for you. Yeah. And number two, imagine all of those that you can help by making them not feel that they're not alone. Yeah. She was very unhappy with that suggestion. <laughs> but. Sorry, mom. And I do wish. I do wish she talked to me more about it and admitted to me about it. Because then I think it would have been very healing for our relationship yeah. that never was healed. Even she passed away in September 2021. And I kept thinking that I'm going to have my mom now. Like we can have open conversations. Right. But she wasn't open to it. And then I was with her on her last days. And she finally said, she's like, it's not my physical health. It's my mental health. And I was like, ah, she finally let that out. Wow. Like, wow. Damn it, if you could have just done that sooner. And, but, and I told her about the big silence, the foundation, the book and everything that we're going to do to make sure that no one suffers in the silence like she did. I just, I I love that you, that you did the foundation. And I love that you shared that you are going to do that with her. You know, I I think it's hard. I think generationally for so many parents and grandparents to be able to share because there is so much stigma and You know, I think, like I said, our generation is the first one to kind of start talking about it. And then it's going to hopefully be easier for the younger generations. But, you know, it it is is tough to hear. It it is tough to say out loud. And let me tell you, I know that I'm sharing my story so openly. And I'm like, this is who I am. Like, woohoo. But at the same time, it took me, you know... 29 years till I finally was like openly sharing about it. And now I've only been probably longer 30. And now I've only been sharing about it for about five years, you know? So I think that that's where it's, it's, it took a long time, even though I was relieved to finally Mm -hmm. get to that moment, you know, was there ever a a time in your life? I don't know if, you know, you, you want to have kids or if, you know, that ever came to you, if you ever were, Like, I don't want to do this because I'm scared that something was going to happen to my kid. Or what if I got, you know, schizophrenia when I was older? I have a lot of friends in my life who suffer mental illness and that's something, or their parents do, and that's something they're always worried about, that they never had kids because of that reason. You know, has that ever come to you where that made you nervous and scared? I know a lot of women deal with that. Yeah, I've talked about this um, most recently. I finally spoke up about it 
um, when I was doing a, a podcast with my husband for the big silence, because I for tone it up um, community community of millions of women. Yeah. Um, you know, my co-founder and friend Katrina has two kids now. So I, you bet my DMs are like, I'm Karina, sure. are you next? And when people are, you are so nosy. They are so nosy. Oh, and then you and then I like gained some weight during COVID and everyone was like, I think Karina's pregnant. I'm like, no, it's COVID. <laughs> They're like, is that a baby bump I see? I like, and you're no, like, no, it's a burrito. So. <laughs> yeah. But um, so the answer is my husband and I have openly and taken years to discuss this. And we have mutually agreed to not have children. Uh, the reason being I grew up in chaos. Yeah. And I am, and also the last, and much of my mom's latter part, I would say the last like eight nine years of her life and then definitely the last five years of her life I took care of her the last five years my husband and I both took care of her and it was very hard and I am so grateful that schizophrenia has skipped a generation yeah my grandfather also had it and committed suicide I'm not saying I haven't suffered from situational depression and made some interesting choices of rebellion and as most teenagers in early 20s would um but I just didn't feel like I I I got to this point where now I even need to heal more trauma since my mom passed because it was like 30 years of you know her and that and then um skipping a generation I just I was scared you know and I'm finally at this place in my life where I feel really good and I have that that freedom and you know, I, nothing's holding me back. And I, I didn't want to, and no one has to agree with what I'm saying, but I didn't want to, you know, maybe when my kid turns 18, 19, 20, to go back to that trauma again. I, I, and that so, is so fair to say that. And that's yeah. honesty. And that's what we need to hear is, is honesty. Because for those who, you know, maybe aren't aware, like schizophrenia shows signs starting at 18, 19. That's usually Mm -hmm. when it comes. So, and to be, you know, older and have to already have gone through it with your mom and then go through it again and start over. I mean, that is so scary and exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. But I do have five Pomeranians and a cat. Oh, those are so much cuter anyways than babies. I know. <laughs> I'm saying that. I'm like, well, babies babies are cute, but puppies and cats are so cute. Um, I know. And they just always love you. But I will say this, you know, I want to thank you first and foremost for sharing that with, with you know, the, the, the audience. Because I, 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 there's so much pressure behind women, you know, and men too, but specifically women of like, well, that clock is ticking. Time to have a baby. You got to do it. And that's what's so overwhelming and scary. And I just know that people are so, you know, like you said, are so, you know, nosy and want to know what's going on. And like, why don't you have another one? I mean, for me, that's what I'm getting. When are you going to have a second baby? I'm like, I'm not jinxing the first one. Like, this was great. Like, there's a lot of stuff that could have gone wrong. I'm not doing that again. Like, I'm very happy. But people feel the need to just 
assert themselves and tell you what you should be doing with your body and your life and your choice. And I think Mm -hmm. that there are so many more people in this world that feel the same way that you do and, and don't get to hear that in a positive way enough. Yeah. And I do want to point out one other reason when, cause I, you know, we, as a couple really thought about this a lot. And remember I said, skipped a generation, but because I know how my family history is, and you know about this hormones and pregnancy and what happens there. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. No. And cause I don't know, like I am mentally healthy and I, it, that scared me too, but that's sure. me. So sure. Well, no, I thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, another thing that I think is so special about you is you have created such a community of um, women and men and thought leaders and really cool people with Tone It Up. Can you share what Tone It Up is with for those who are not familiar with it? Yeah, we are one of the largest fitness and wellness communities for women, but husbands and partners always jump in. (laughs) It happens. Yeah. (laughs) So as part of my healing in my early twenties, I was going back into like what made me happy. And I remembered working out as a little kid and I always wanted to be a personal trainer. Really? Yeah. That's so cute. (laughs) When my mom was healthy, she was always working out to like Jane Fonda, VHS tapes. Amazing. uh, Kathy Smith and (gasps) like all of those. So I would watch her work out. I'm like, that looks fun. Yeah. And so for one of my school projects in first grade, I actually made a VHS workout table. Whoa. So that is so cute. Right? I hope you still have it. No, whenever I go to my dad's house, I dig around in the basement. But I mean, to be quite honest, my mom probably destroyed it. Yeah. She burned everything. But yeah, um, <laughs> but I'm sure it was really cute. <laughs> I know. Um, so then in my early tw- and I also ran like my first half marathon when I was like 10. Um, oh, my gosh. I know. But I like love that feeling of crossing a finish line. So as part of my healing, I got back to fitness because I knew when I was younger that made me, because mind you, in between that time, 10 years of depression, drugs, everything to escape. Right. So I was like, I got to change my life. Yep. This is not going to go well. Right. So I signed up for a triathlon and I started training. Wow. And then I, um, started I'm um, studying for becoming a personal trainer I started surfing like anything to get me out of the Hollywood club at night right I can't go to the club tonight or the rave right because I need to wake up at 5 a.m and go to the beach and surf or whatever wow. so movement became my healing medicine mm-hmm. and I got into meditation meditation and yoga and all of that and then um, I was working as a trainer and a triathlete and all that stuff and then I met Katrina and we wanted to, um, we were uh, neighbors in Manhattan Beach. We met at the gym, of course. And we both had a story of fitness and how that was healing for us and di- far two totally different stories. But we wanted to share that message with women that like, this is a healing tool, but you can have fun with it. Right. You don't have to be like, talk negatively about your body. You can laugh. You can mess up when you do a lunge or a squat. Yep. Um, and you do it with community and friends that keep you accountable. So that's when we started building the community in 2009. Wow. And then, um, yeah, so we have an app with fitness and other trainers now. And I do meditations there. And then we have um, our nutrition products. So it's like, it's been like, 
it's almost 14 years. I mean, that's, that's wild. And it has become a whole lifestyle. And I'm sure that all of the women that are part of this community and the, and the men, um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that they have been able to find each other and help each other out too. And I think that that's, what's really important is I think the number one thing that lacks in this world is community. And if you can find, you know, your people, if you will, you know, if you can find yeah. someone to motivate you and get you up and going in the, in the day, I think that that's so important movement. I swear by, um, I am not a worker outer. I have really bad knees because I was a dancer my mm-hmm. whole life. So my knees are like yeah. really bad. Um, but I swear by meditation and movement of dancing. And, you know, I, I made a goal for the new year where I was like, you know what? I need to move my body. Even if it's in the house, like we're going through a huge thunderstorm right now. I'm like, I need to move my body at least 15 minutes a day, whatever that may be, you know, even the little bit, little bit of movement. And I'm telling you, it's really hard when you don't have people to kind of kick your ass and go, you can do it, like do it together, you know? Yeah. And community. I mean, this was like when, in, this was before Instagram. Right. <laughs> we yeah. Started. 14 years and then ago. It started, yeah. And then we started doing it and building that community. We started on YouTube and then realizing like community and women wanted to feel supported. They wanted to connect with each other. And so we always made it a rule and tone it up. There is no judgment I love at that. all. Oh, I and love that. So uh, if you, if anyone listening is like, I need an accountability partner, someone yeah. to like, get me up, just go like, if you're in Chicago, go to hashtag TIU Chicago and you'll find girls who check in with each other a day, every day, meet up at the gym, do tone it up workouts together, oh go my to gosh, hour that's together. Fabulous. Yeah. Like I, here it's like TIU Austin or TIU Texas. So anywhere you are, you can find someone who they don't, will just welcome you with open arms yeah like oh you want to hang out sure here you go have you since sharing your personal story and having this community have there been many people that have approached you with their own story of how it was inspiring or you know how you've created a a, you know a safe space if you will or a trusted space yeah and that's why I'm always say like sharing your story is really healing for yourself too. Cause I was very nervous, even in the beginning of Tone It Up, I was telling Katrina, I'm like, no one can know about my past. Like right. we're fitness superstars, we're health gurus. Yeah. We, you know, and then, but that's where society was back then. It's like, shush, hush, hush. Yeah. That's a, a big silence. And like, so then finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to start talking about it and writing my memoir, which took five years. And, stop, and doing more in the mental health space because me being silent is not healing me. Mm-mm. And there's so many people out there that are just like me. So now even in our community, like, thank you so much for talking about this. You know, this is a big silence foundation and what we offer and you know, the book like saved my life mm. because I'm not ashamed anymore. Yeah. To know that you're not the only one, I say it all the time mm. and it sounds so trite and silly and stupid, you know, like, oh, I'm not yeah. alone. But truly, I, I never realized the importance behind that message until I went through a, a really like kind of um, up and down roller coaster of a pregnancy and kind of a traumatic birth and, and so forth, like hearing other women's stories of 
them going through this, you know, I got re-reminded of, of the not alone saying, because the first time I started opening up and talking about, you know, living with bipolar disorder and meeting so many people, I mean, I had never met other people who had lived with bipolar disorder. And then when it yeah. started coming, I was like, wow, it feels like everyone has this like illness. Like I don't feel that special anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I thought it was just me, you know, but when you hear yeah. this, then it's, it's that, wow, the world really is so small. You know, I, it really yeah. is. I was talking about you uh, last Thursday because I, oh. I think we had did our podcast on Thursday. Yes, or something yes. Last week. And then that night I was hosting my friend's birthday party and there was like 25 women there. And a girl that I had just met, a woman uh, was talking to me and we were like really vibing and she pretty quickly said, I have bipolar one disorder. I was like, oh my gosh, I was just talking to you. Oh my gosh, amazing. But I... I just love that she's so normal about it. Yeah. And I just talked about it and had a conversation. No big deal. You wow. know, I mean, um, so I love that people are actually, and that's the difference between, you know, not alone and, you know, breaking the stigma. I compare like my mother right, and who couldn't thrive in her life. She didn't want to help. She didn't want to take the meds because she didn't want people to know. That this, and then me, where I'm able to find that like this, if like the store, the, the good in it and the sure. okay the find the i don't know in the trauma there's something that i wouldn't change a thing and no I because it's your story about. right and it's her story yeah. and it's you know it's heartbreaking that she couldn't accept that for what it was and thrive with it but you know it just shows that maybe you can do it and you can do it for her and 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 help yeah. on Please explain what is the big silence? How can people be involved? Um, what what can we do over here at Emotional Support to help out with the big silence? Yeah, so the big silence is a foundation that started in twenty a mental health foundation started in twenty twenty one. Um, we have it's obviously the podcast, which yes. is a nonprofit podcast, um, and then the book, which is my memoir, that's out now. And then we have a crisis text line. You text hero H E R O to seven four one seven four one for twenty four hour anonymous help. Um, and a crisis can be anything. I want to make that clear. It's not. It could be you're in an argument with your partner and you just need to talk to someone. You know, it, it yeah. could be suicidal ideation. It can be anything. Uh, and then we have programs that are launching in 2023 focused on our youth because it was really important to me. I started the big silence to help little Karina not to have to go yeah. through it again. Sure. And so I'm combining sports and mindfulness. And so, it was, yeah, so it's cool. like a whole program coming up. And yeah, so support. I mean, obviously, you know, we want to keep this mission going and really helping our youth um, to, you know, thrive in this world. So, you know, head to the big donate. It really helps, you know, yeah. it's a lot to be going out there and taking this mission to the streets and hitting those mental health deserts. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think that that's really special that you're helping out the youth. I think that it's so important and, you know, it's the next generation that we really have to take care of and really, mold. And I think, I don't know about you, if you've noticed this, but I've noticed this a lot with family members and, and, you know, other friends around of the younger kids. But I think that that mental illness and autism and um, spectrum is being diagnosed at 
such a young age now and we're learning so much more than we ever did before and being able to nurture and be able to take care of that and identifying what the issue may be and what the best program would be to to help out and be the best version that you could possibly be for this child and that they could be you know and I think that sports is so great I am such a, um, even though I'm not a sporty gal, um, I do, I'm a very competitive gal because I was a black belt in Taekwondo and I also um, was in dance competitions. And for me, that was my weekend. Like I would either be, you know, training in the studio or I would be in a dance competition and, you know, trying to get that, that medal. But it was the discipline at such a young age mm-hmm. um, that I thrived for. I, I it literally, Literally, I, I look at it now and I'm like, gosh, I wish we could still do these competitions because it's not about the rush of winning. It's about conditioning, taking care of your body, mm-hmm. getting up in the morning, um, you know, be, p- being polite, um, being organized. There were so many things. And I think that sports is a perfect example of how we can help our youth out by by giving them that structure. Structure is really important when it comes to our mental health. It's really important. Yeah. And then teaching, you know, not only with being active and combining sports, but, you know, there's a class um, teaching about uh, meditation or anti-bullying or self-confidence, all of those things that maybe you're not teaching in school yet yeah well they're not and mindfulness is the most important I remember my mom would you know take me with her to to you know meditate at yoga and stuff and I'd be like this is so boring but now I like love it I'm like oh I practice every day it's like I can't live without it you know um and I hope to instill that into my daughter because I think it's so important I think you know it's and it's not talked about you're right in every single day school um at all yeah I know we've been with like a group of like eight to 10 year olds and teaching them meditation and looking at their like smiles and like when they open their eyes to have someone that young be like, wow, right. I feel so good. Can we do more of that? It's like, yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. Well, Karina, I'm going to ask you my final question. What is your emotional support? My five Pomeranians. Yes, but not the cat. Not the cat, just the Pomeranians. The cat is like the security guard on the property. He just like does his rounds. He's very independent. Um, But emotional, aside from the Pomeranians, community, friends, um, having a good, you know, good team of people around you and well you have a great team around Mm -hmm. you and I have seen that by being on your podcast and I think that it's really amazing what you're doing I'm gonna have all the links for the big silence I'm gonna have all the links for tone it up um and I think that you know once again I just I want to share how important it is you sharing your story of being the daughter, how you have helped me and you have helped so many moms and daughters and family members out there to know that they are not alone um, and that we can get through this and we are thriving and we're going to keep on keeping on and kicking ass. And um, thank you so much once again. Karina.